All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. We are cruising right now with episodes. I think we're approaching 50. We'll probably be up for syndication soon. Um, but keep spreading the word. Uh, we are actually growing. Uh, we're having uh, pretty much our, our biggest listenership the last couple months. So please keep sharing us on Facebook, on Twitter, telling your friends. Uh, rate us. Uh, have a minute right now. Rate us right now on on your iTunes uh, app, write a review if you're feeling particularly generous, uh, whatever it is. Um, and if I post something on Facebook from the Coal Region Campfire page, just like it, just so it keeps uh, spreading the word. But we have a really fun episode uh, this week um, with a gentleman uh, who knows everything there is about um the local stories here in terms of ghost stories and i figure with halloween uh it is definitely a good time uh to do it uh one of the biggest ones is the gordon mountain uh kind of legend i actually was up there uh crossing over it uh the other week i was coming back from a wedding and uh it was very very uh, foggy. I tried to scare my fiance but pretend to lock the doors. Uh, I did a really bad job because um, I'm not discreet at all. But um, if I would have done it, I remember my brother did it to me when I was a kid and I was really scared. So, um, But we do get to the bottom of the Gordon Mountain uh, kind of mystery and it's actually a really interesting story and also another one, uh, Charles Adams. Um, he does do local tours um, but you could find him on Facebook, uh, Charles J. Adams III. Um, he does give uh, ghost story tours, not only here in School County, but in other counties. Uh, and he's written a slew of books. So if you are inclined, uh, definitely look him up. I'm sure you guys would enjoy that. Now, before we get to Charles, we need to talk uh, sponsorship. We need to talk retirement. And there is only one person we talk retirement with on this podcast uh, the biggest in Southern School County, and that is Darren J. March. He is a certified financial planner with Raymond James. You hear me opening up the thing. Uh, he has been a Pottsville native. He has been advising clients for more than 18 years in Northeastern PA, and he specializes in retirement planning and offers an independent, unbiased approach to investing. So what does that mean? So because Raymond James does not offer its own investment products, this allows Darren to be able to structure a plan to fit your needs. Okay, that's the most important thing. Your needs, not the needs of the firm. So if you have a 401k or a retirement plan from a former job, or if your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, give them a call for a free, no obligation review, 570-640-8010, or email them at darren.march at raymondjames.com. Raymond James Financial Services, member of FINRA SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. That was probably one of my best readings. Um, so, Darren, if you're listening, uh, you could high-five me with your non-injured hand next time uh, because I really knocked it out of the park there. On to Charles and the ghost of Gordon Mountain. Well, I, I know that you're interested in one of the uh, most legendary ghost stories of uh, that region, uh, Gordon Mountain or Broad Mountain. Um, it's an interesting tale uh, from a historical aspect and how it kind of grew into a, um, a ghost story, uh, I find quite fascinating. You've been up there yourself, right? I have, yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, and I know a lot of other people have. 
And uh, are you familiar with the, the details of the, you know, what I call the baseline, what's called the baseline for a ghost story? Are you familiar with that at all? Well, for, from what I understand, um, and just from my own little research, it was a, a lady died up there, I guess. Is that, is that kind of the premise of it? Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that is the baseline of it. A lady died, but, uh, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, as far as you know, how she died. And, uh, that's a fascinating story. The, um, when I, when I, uh, assemble a ghost story for publication mm-hmm. or for telling, or, you know, just for telling the story, I, I have three, uh, three elements I must have present in those stories to, uh, to make them viable to me. And I hope then to the reader. Sure. And the first one, you know, the first one would be the, the baseline or the, you know, the, the, the fact of the, uh, uh, incident or episode that created the, you know, the, the death. Okay. Uh, and this, this one, uh, in, in broad mountain, are we going to call it broad or Gordon? Can well, we come to it? I, I know it as Gordon. <laughs> I, I never knew it was known, known as broad. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know yeah. it as Gordon mountain. Yeah. But anyway, um, so the the, uh, the episode here is quite clear. It, it took place uh, in uh, April 6th, 1925, when a young girl uh, was found mutilated and obviously quite dead on top of the mountain uh, by passers-by. And, of course, police were called and the coroners or the medical examiners, whomever, whomever were called to the scene, and it was, it was like I say, a very grisly scene. There, frankly, wasn't much left of her. She was beaten to death, and there's indications of dismembered or partially dismembered, and mostly burned. Hmm. Very little remained of her. In fact, I have in front of me a uh, uh, the actual article uh, from the Reading Times, and then the articles, of course, appeared in the Pottsville newspapers, and then really across the country because of the uh, the the incredible uh, brutality of this crime in a remote area. And back in those days, 1925, uh, you know, the, the Schuylkill County, that general area, much, the population of Pottsville was much more than it is today. And it was kind of a hopping town and that, you know, that whole uh, coal region area was quite, uh, sure. quite a busy place. Yeah. So, so the news would spread because of um, uh, the sensationalism value and uh, the article I'm looking at right now from the Reading Times for example front page middle of uh, page that's you know ultimate prom- prominence for a, a story it appeared uh, in the Philadelphia Inquirer front page as well so so we know that there's your baseline there's no doubt about it baseline a simple well, I would say a simple tragic and horrible crime but as it develops into a ghost story it becomes basically a simple crime just another murder mm-hmm. put it like that you know so what happened from that point on? Now that was uh, April sixth, nineteen twenty-five, when that crime took place. Now I uh, um, did a lot of research uh, in the Schuylkill County Historical Society. They have a fantastic uh, library there and uh, very helpful folks up there. Uh, but I found something here in Reading at the Berks History Center that I, I found interesting. July fifteenth, nineteen twenty-five. Now this is uh, April, May, June, July. These are like three or four months later. Mm-hmm. And if I may, I'm going to read the, uh, the headline, uh, again, front page, uh, oh, I'm sorry, front page of the second section, uh, headline 
think scene of murder is haunted. Now, here we go. July 14th, 1925, just a few months after the, uh, the murder. I'll read it. Schuylkill County authorities are investigating reports that an apparition is visiting the spot where the charred body of a young girl was found on Broad Mountain several months ago with the belief that some practical joker may be responsible. Hmm. Some, yeah, some days ago, three Minersville men reported they heard moans near the spot and believing that someone might be ill, went there only to find the spot unoccupied. Several persons who have parked their automobiles along the road near the crest of the mountain reported they have been scared away by the ghost. Now, this is all uh, all hearsay, and it was almost uh, in a mocking way uh, uh, presented to the, uh, the public. This was just months after the murder. So here comes the legend part of it. All of a sudden, they say, and I use that, you know, that phrase, they sure. say that mountain is haunted. Who's they? Well, in this case, it was these people who reported it to the police and then to the police and turned to the newspapers, and it became a big story that this mountain is haunted. Um, again, there's no, you know, you have the baseline, and then you have this story, but it's all unattributed. Who are these people? What did they really see um, or sense or feel on that mountain? We don't know. And then it took off after that when all it took was that one. And again, again, this is a much less enlightened age forensically and uh, certainly paranormally. Sure. Uh, this isn't, uh, you know, people would literally uh, dress up in sheets and go, you know, scream at the end. They, they think they really saw a ghost. And it's ridiculous compared to uh, this more enlightened age. But, and there's also, this is a very remote area at that time, you know. Um, so, and the, it wasn't a big, nice, you know, four-lane or three-lane highway uh, road. Uh, it was a very rugged road going up over that mountain at that time compared to today. So a lot of factors there would lead to it becoming spooky. And then, of course, you know, their headlights are dimmer on the vehicles than they are today. Mm -hmm. No no lights in the valley as they were today and billboards or whatever it might be to illuminate. The, so this is a pretty remote area. And you've heard the phrase high on a windy hill. Well, it would be that. Sure. Was, uh, you know, and it's a perfect spot. And it probably fog would, well, certainly there are reports of uh, fog on top of that mountain. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know so, I was coming back from it the other week and I had a wedding up there. And uh, I mean, the fog, I, I could barely see past my car. Yeah. So it's, it's right. definitely lends itself to being uh, spooky for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there were no reports. Now, this article that appeared in the Reading paper about uh, these folks who believed it was haunted, well, you know, how many countless stories never appeared and by practical jokers who uh, went up there and tried to scare people. Once that first story was out, that laid the groundwork of the legend and then um, um, continued. Now, that third element I require for a good ghost story package is a personal experience mm -hmm. where someone I trust uh, or myself has had an experience regarding the legend that regards the baseline. So um, it's hard to find, you know, you say you've been up there and it's scary up there. Yeah. Very Others scary. have said the same thing. Yeah. And they, and they, they say they heard that somebody once told them that their brother's uncle's neighbor's nephew uh, saw a ghost up there. <laughs> right. That they, uh, you know, their car was flagged down by a woman in distress. And then when she came up to the window of the car, uh, they saw, saw that her neck was almost uh, severed. Her head was almost severed. 
uh, she had been uh, slashed from ear to ear, and then she just fades away in a soft moaning sound or something like that. Hmm. But I can never find people who actually had that experience. It's always what I call a they say story. That they say mm-hmm. that this happened. Well, until I find the they who actually uh, will tell me their their story, and then I can judge whether they're credible or not, at least in my opinion, uh, all we have is the baseline and the legend. You, you know where I'm going? Sure, you know what yes. I mean by that? Yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of apocryphal uh, tales told about the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard my uncle told me one time we were up there uh, and saw the ghost, and, they, and she stops the car. This car will stop mysteriously on top of the hill, something like that. Many you know, stories like that have, um, have put, been, put, uh, been uh, put forth over the years. And there's other stories that, uh, if I may elaborate on it even more, uh, there are tales told of how uh, the head was severed from the body of that young girl mm-hmm. uh, and preserved in the state police barracks in hopes of someday being able to uh, you know, identify her. She was never identified. Yeah, was there ever a motive actually... behind it or anything? Did they ever catch her? Did no. It? No, in fact, uh, no, it's still, uh, when I wrote the book, uh, it was still an open a cold case. Uh, and it's also believed, and I even believe, I think the police uh, were relatively sure that she was not murdered there. She was murdered somewhere else and then, and was likely a prostitute. Uh, it was murdered somewhere else, Mount Carmel or whoever, who knows where. And then her body dumped at that oh. remote uh, hill. So then that's all documented in the original uh, reports, crime reports and news reports of the day. So we know that as well. So that would sort of soften the whole thing about a ghost being up there because she wasn't killed there. She was dumped there. Uh, the dead body was dumped right. there. So, you know, there's another weakening uh, element with all this. And the head being preserved. Well, uh, where is it? I have it somewhere in my files. The head was preserved inside the state police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the night of the, uh, uh, of the day that was the, the body was discovered, I'll say here, Lieutenant Keller of the state constabulary tonight said that plans to photograph the girl's face had been abandoned because of the badly decomposed condition. Hmm. Therefore, uh, she was so decomposed, they didn't even bother taking a picture of the face because there was not much there. You take a picture of grisly and gory as it sounds. So what about the, the head? You know, the, they, they severed the head and took it to the state police. Really? You know, according to the actual reports of the day, I mean, that's the legend. The, they right. severed the head and they took it. That's the legend. Okay, fine. But the the baseline, the actual report of the day, contradicts that. So, And sadly, that may, in some people's minds, erase the entire notion of a ghost on that mountain. But if I were to come to you know Pottsville tonight or Berwick or whoever and to tell ghost stories, I would tell that ghost story. And I would say, they say, or it is believed. Right. But people people wouldn't hear those words. All they would hear is the blood, guts, and gore, the sure. headless ghost, burn beyond recognition, you know, and they would, and, and they would, and I talk about, and to this day, it is said that some have seen her ghost up there. They won't hear the it is said, some have seen. They'll just know, they'll go away saying, Wow, he told us a story about the ghost on the mountain. Ooh. 
And that, again, is part of the magic of all of this, really. And this is nothing new. I mean, we live in an enlightened age and an electronic age and all that sort of thing. But I write by my side here a book called The Celtic Twilight by W.B. Yeats. He wrote it to 1890s, all about he collected ghost stories from the Irish countryside at the time. Uh, and he believed at that time that it's called the Celtic Twilight because he believed that Celtic culture was in its twilight. It was over because, you know, typewriters have been invented and motorized vehicles are being invented and on and on. And he believed that the, the talks of banshees and uh, pukas and the little people and ghosts in Ireland long gone. Nobody will even care anymore about them. Well, they still do over there. Sure. They start still part of their culture. And so uh, no matter how enlightened and what generation uh, becomes enlightened in any way, hopefully, thankfully to me, uh, people still retain that wonderment about ghosts. Do they exist? Hmm. Is that mountain really haunted? Even though I read everything that could be contradictory to it, I don't know, man. There's still a lot of evidence that that place is haunted. I believe it is. Uh, you know, So that's uh, the, the fun and the, um, uh, I'd say, the wonderment of all of this. Now you said you have, um, you know, everyone knows the 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 premise of, of the Gordon Mountain, uh, you know, haunting. Is there another coal region, school county uh, ghost story uh, that that's also? Uh... Oh, uh, absolutely enough that I wrote two books up there, uh, you know, about that uh, subject of ghosts and things. And so there's plenty. There's dozens and dozens in every little town. Uh, uh, and I'm fascinated by it because, uh, you know, the uh, first of all, historically, again, the Molly Maguires mm-hmm. had a big role in, in the haunting. And there's a St. Clair. There's a wonderful uh, pub, the uh, Wooden Keg, I think it's called. Yeah, great, great place. And, yeah, and it's haunted there. There's an old uh, kind of a cold cellar or a tunnel, remains yeah. of a tunnel there that, uh, you know, some of the Mollies met. Uh, uh, and, of course, this is a secret organization, so they, we don't have any proof of that. But it's pretty well regarded by historians that they did meet there and that place is uh, its own ghosts and uh, in the middle of Pottsville there's uh, you know the, well, the theater the, the theater in town is ghost stories and the uh, the mansion the uh, Yingling mansion oh that's from so there's a lot of those, <laughs> yeah a lot of stories there but then the, the stories I really uh, find most important and most believable in and of themselves are the ones that uh, are most personal there's mm-hmm. a in, I forget the township it's in, but the far southeastern reaches of uh, of Schuylkill County, uh, near Hawk Mountain, okay. in the shadow of Hawk Mountain, which sounds pretty spooky itself. Uh, simple story, uh, but touching and true, according to the gentleman who had the experience. He went to work one morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, as he did every morning, just about. He uh, uh, left at 6 o'clock. His wife stayed at home. She lived and worked at home. Kissed her goodbye. Kissed her cheek. She was asleep and he went to work and came back at six o'clock at night. As he always did. As he came back in kind of a long lane driveway to their house, uh, he saw her on the front porch of the house waving at him and uh, smiling and in a nightie. And this never really happened before, but he thought, oh, this is, this is nice. I mean, she's been on the porch to welcome him back, sure. before, you know, but not quite like this, you know. So he pulled his uh, his uh, pickup truck around the side of the house, out of the house, and uh, went on the front porch. And by that time, she's in the house. Uh, he went in the house, honey, I'm home. You're okay? And 
nothing and nothing in the living room, dining room, bedroom, or uh, uh, living room, dining room, or kitchen. He went up to the bedroom, uh, concerned now at this point. She wasn't feeling well, still in a nighty, and so she probably went right back to bed. And she did. He went up and, uh, honey, you okay? He touched her shoulder and wanted to wake her and kiss her, kiss her, and her skin was clammy and cold. She was dead. Mm-hmm. And by the time the, the coroner or the medical examiners or whoever they were came there to uh, sort things out, this tragedy, a 32-year-old woman who died mm-hmm. natural causes, they, just, they uh, estimated she had died 14 hours, at least 14 hours before, which means basically she died in the middle of the night, the previous night, which means the woman he kissed goodbye was dead. Hmm. The woman he the woman he saw on the front porch welcoming him back home was also dead, but in ghostly form. Hmm. And as he told me the story, he told me the story, and he says, "I am, I would swear in a court of law. I don't, I, you know, it's such a horrible thing that happened." And he's in tears. He's telling me the whole story. This, this, this sad, sad story, but it's also a ghost story. Mm-hmm. And. For him, though, it's not just a ghost story. It was, he believes his wife in spirit form uh, had enough energy present to come back and wave goodbye to him one more time. Wow. And so so that's the kind of story I sure. really, uh, you know, find more important than uh, uh, these, these stories that are, they say, kind of stories such as the mountain ghosts but but combine put it put them all together i mean you, you will not get a book about just all personal stories such as that fella uh in that uh in this house uh so you got to spice it up with the blood guts and gore sure and the burning, now, burning do, do you think the, if it, you know if, like if the the ghost of gordon mountain exists i mean we always think that they're the ghosts are coming back to to haunt us or scare us i mean is there a possibility they're just coming back like like this gentleman's wife did, just to you know, remind us. They're calling us. out for help. Mm-hmm. I think, well, you know, if if you look at that, they're they're calling out for help or to be noticed or to to maybe uh, to make that one last effort to say, "I'm here. Mm-hmm. Notice me." Then they go away because they've been recognized and acknowledged as a uh, in spirit form. But there again, nobody knows. You know, that's a pretty romantic and sentimental way of looking at things. Right. But the reality is that woman was butchered and someplace else dumped and burned at that spot. Not a whole lot of romance to that. You know? Yeah. And she was probably a hooker. I mean, again, the articles from the day, uh, the investigation as it proceeded said that she was probably from out of town and was never identified, obviously. And uh, so I don't, I don't know, but it, it's all those two. And the two genres I gave you there, the one, of the woman on the mountain and the other one, the woman in the front porch, totally different uh, in, in their, you know, sure aspects, but uh, I think important. Now you, you wrote a book, coal country, ghost legends and more, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and that, and that takes place in uh, what part of PA, like uh, Schuylkill County, Berks County, like uh... Schuylkill. Yeah. Schuylkill County. Yeah. Okay. For the most part and Carbon County. Jim, uh, Jim Thorpe. What's, a, what's, a, what's Thorpe. a big legend? Uh, while I have you on here. What's like a huge coal region, coal country legend or lore that you like, uh, that you, that you like telling? Well, I mean, the broad mountain, the Gordon mountain, 
Um, if you got me there, I mean, there's so many. To single one out would be tough. Uh, I a little un. I'm just gonna give that some thought. Yeah, no, I know it's tough. Year, it's like picking your favorite child. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But there again, a lot of them involved the Molly Maguires and the. If you consider Jim Thorpe, the town of Jim Thorpe, to be in the coal region. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, there at the old prison at uh, uh, in Jim Thorpe, or Mox Chunk, which it was then, uh, where uh, several were hanged, uh, uh, that is loaded with activity because of, I believe that they, uh, you know, several were hanged uh, and they were innocent. And one in particular was hanged. He was an Irish, uh, Irishman, uh, Molly McGuire. And he was hanged by the German, uh, very vindictive sheriff up there, who was very Germanic. And he said at 9.45, he dies, he hangs, no matter what. Fully aware that by 9.30, there was a pardon or a reprieve at the telegraph office at the bottom of the hill wow. on this icy January morning. He said, it doesn't matter, 9.45, he must die. And he did. 9.47, uh, someone banged on the door and threw the reprieve papers in the sheriff's face. This man should not have died. He was innocent and uh, later proven to be. And his ghost uh, remains there uh, hmm. for obvious reasons, you know. Wow. So, yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for enlightening us. Now, if, if uh, you do tours, this is a busy time for you, right? Is there What's the best way if oh, people right. want to sign up for a tour or, or, or get one of your well, books? If you, can, if you can friend me at Charlie Adams on Facebook. Okay. Charlie Adams, Facebook. And uh, that's a good way to do it. Um, if anybody's listening, uh, I'm at the Allentown Library coming up uh, 27th of October. Okay. And uh, yeah. Great. Uh, and then uh, your books, you could get them. Is it on Amazon or, or do they have to go to a library? What's the best way to yeah, get Yeah, you have to go to the library. Uh, or you might try Amazon. You hardly have to go out and say goodbye. My wife is leaving sure. San Antonio. So, yeah. Drive safely, fly safely. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, we like that. It keeps it authentic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, well thank yeah, you so I, I much. Amazon. My pleasure. Happy Halloween. Same Ooh. to you. Trick or treat. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I know I definitely did talking to him. Uh, I did not know it was named Broad Mountain either. Um, but again, if you can take one of his tours, buy one of his books, whatever it is. Um, and I thank you, and we will keep these episodes coming, and we will see you next week. Thank you.